<laughs> Good evening, Melrosians the world over. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Jen LeClaire. I'm Sam Hammer. And I'm Tom Shampoo. And this is Let's Talk Melrose, Melrose, a show where Melrosians talk to Melrosians about Melrose. And there's lots to talk about this week. Jen, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, well, we're gonna we're gonna precursor and and uh, let everybody know that we have uh, Denise Gaffey, director of planning and community development, coming later. So stay tuned so till happy. the end. Stay tuned while we get through all of the other stuff because we're gonna have a really interesting conversation with her uh, later on. But um, yeah, what's there's a lot going around going on around town. There's uh, it was Groundhog Day. <sighs> I'm just going to throw it? that right to Tom Shampoo. How do you feel I, exactly about, about Groundhog Day? I, uh, I have a hard time with Groundhog Day. I, <laughs> I, have, I have very passionate feelings about it. Um, it feels wrong that, that, <laughs> that we, we push science aside as often as we do, as much as we do in this country. And then we love to watch a rodent look for his shadow and tell us whether or not it's going to win it, it's such a, I mean, there's so many things wrong with it. I, I don't know where to start. I don't want to take up the half hour of the show complaining. <laughs> Name wife, 10 things wrong. My <laughs> wife, my wife heard me going off the, off the tracks uh, about an hour and a half ago about this. You know um, what, Tom? It's all worth it for the Bill Murray Groundhog Day movie. Yeah, just totally. for the movie. I love the movie. My kids love the movie. It's totally worth it. I agree. But the first thing that's worth it is why? Where did it come from? Why does it matter? What's well, the we'll, point of having we'll, a rodent tell us <laughs> tell us what's going on in the weather? Uh, you know, you know what Why though? You just... get to have they get to, there's co there's costumes. They get to have top hats. So I'm all in just for the it, costumes it, and it top feels, hats alone. It, but it feels so fabricated that we and see I'm gonna get all of a sudden. Okay, should we go through uh, <laughs> Christmas Easter? <laughs> what are we? Where we go with this, Tom? <laughs> Well, the, the funny thing, the funny thing about, uh, not in the podcast, <laughs> the funny thing about Groundhog Day too is that it's, it's all the same. Six more weeks of winter or early spring, it lands you on the, on the same date. Like, but why, but why it's the same thing. Why it's Pennsylvania? It's cloudy yeah. in Pennsylvania. If it's cloudy in one part of Pennsylvania at eight o'clock in the morning, that means winter. Like it doesn't make any sense. Okay. To me. All right. So in the in the spirit of um, crazy nonsensical holidays, and um, Tom Catalini is jealous that it's in in over over there wherever the hell it is, <laughs> <laughs> and not and not here. Um, uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, our viewers can come up with like what is a what is a unique Melrose holiday phenomenon that we can come up with. Like so what oh, about right. what about urine balls? <laughs> 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 talking about that. You go down yeah. to the schoolyard, is urine on the snow or not? And then yes. you predict something. So the yeah. people in Philadelphia just thought of that and then it became a thing. So we could be spawning it right now. Yeah. So Larry, Larry urine balls, Belarus. Explain, Sam, how how this will work this holiday. <laughs> well, it happens upon a winter's eve. Mm -hmm. Um, upon the fresh snow and the children of the elementary schools and beyond come and create piles of ball sculptures <laughs> for the Melrosians. It, it, it can be a fundraiser, like wherever the one dog pees, like you, know, you buy a square. Yeah, and yeah totally. Pees, so we should, we, should explain to, we should explain to the viewers, yes. we keep a, a close tab on the community page and somebody had yeah. pointed out like, hey, uh, and it happens to be in my neighborhood, the Lincoln School neighborhood, uh, people are building beautiful snow sculptures and would 
uh, people of the neighborhood with dogs, please prevent them from urinating on these beautiful <laughs> dogs that the kids come to play with. So first of all, who knows that they're dogs from our neighborhood? Who knows that it's dogs right? at all? Anything could be going on down there. I'm not sure there's cameras. I, I don't, they're not Melrose dogs, clearly. They're probably <laughs> Melrose dogs. You know, or is that a life lesson? Uh, you know, don't eat the yellow snow. I don't know, but we're probably we're probably ready to launch something to do with urine and snow. Okay. To make Melrose famous for decades to come. For decades to come. Uh, yes. So, as a dog owner, um, who and the, and the dog does go down to that part of the town, um, we will rein our dog in because we feel guilty. Linda and I, my my wife and I talked about this too. It does make total sense because the kids are out there, not just eating the snow because they're not eating the snow, but they're just playing in it. And if you don't always see what's what, it's not good for the kids. So I think it's true. We should actually pull the dogs back and not let them go to the bathroom out there. It's just, it's just, it's just polite. All right, so, so I got to tell you, I fell for something many years ago when we first moved to Melrose. We're down there and I'm down there with my wife taking a walk through the Lincoln Yard and a guy's with his dog. And the dog's not just number one, number two right there Ooh. on the and Stephanie says to me, uh, hey, that, you know, kids play here. That's not right, whatever. So uh, I'm like, I should do something. So then <laughs> I say like, hey, you shouldn't do that. And then she totally backs away. All of a sudden it's just me now <laughs> in this conversation. And then I just go to the next level, the next level. I mean, it wasn't like fisticuffs, but I like, I didn't back down. And this guy didn't back down. He felt strongly that the dog should poop freely. <laughs> what? I was so trying the to pick up for the children. Well, the grass, the grassy knoll, uh, the grassy area, not like the, on the basketball court. My God, my God, what do you think is happening down there? Savage. Which is number ah. two amendment rights. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Wow, I'm sorry I missed it. That there's was a, lot a good going one. On, boy. Okay, uh, we got, we got, there's a lot we going, gotta going on. We got to get to the <laughs> seven minutes in. <laughs> BFD Melrosians, there's a lot of yeah. news breaking, and I know Jen's been tracking this very closely. She her fingers on the pulse of I, the scene in Melrose. I do, I do. So I noticed that we have two BFD Melrosians coming from the same family, both of the, the eldest Catalini children. Mia Catalini this month is employee of the month at uh, at her, ooh, I'm gonna forget that. No application. Thank you. Um, so congrats, Mia, good job, keep up the good work. And then Alec Catalini just started as a paraprofessional in Melrose schools. He's gonna be working over at Roosevelt schools. And we talked last week about, um, that MPS is, is is looking for people, so they found a great one. Congratulations um, to Alec and and. Um, he started yesterday, snow day today. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good way. Good way <laughs> to start. It's funny because he was on Zoom all day as a result of them being mm. remote, and then he took a nap afterwards. He said he couldn't believe how exhausting that was. So just more anecdotal evidence that yeah. it was an adjustment period and an impact to the to the screen. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's it's uh, and it, that it's stressful for the kids too. There are some some recent stats about that too. So other BFD Melrosians, as recently cited by our representative Kate Lipper Garabedian, gave um, a few proclamations about a week ago. One is to um, uh, a nearby neighbor here, Deb Walsh. She's very very active in the community, um, and she uh, she received a citation for and don't quote me on this because this is not what's in writing for, but, but basically for making about a gazillion masks during during COVID. She sews and uh, she 
cranked out quite a number. I think it's like something over like over 5,000, I think she told me. So that's amazing. <laughs> um, sec uh, Kate's second proclamation went to the farmer's market in Melrose for providing fresh produce while supporting our local food system, donating 400 pounds of food to Bread of Life during Thanksgiving and raising community spirit during the COVID pandemic. And it was great to have them still around and, and involved. And her third proclamation went to Stephen Fogarty, Director of Wellness and Athletics and Co-Curricular Activities at Melrose High School, um, congratulating the girls and boys soccer teams, the golf team and the girls cross country team on winning the Middlesex League Freedom title in their 2020 seasons. So see, we rolled that into sports ball with Jen LeClaire too. Oh, Look yeah, at that. Sorry. Look at wow. you doing sports. Good job. <laughs> uh, difficult seasons too, you know, obviously not, not typical seasons. Yeah, so congratulations right. to everybody. Right. Right. That's good. So that, that, that's what I got. Uh, there's one more, Sam. Yeah, I don't know about this BFD well, Melrosian. I mean, um, I know who it is. So also uh, another BFD in Melrose is our own Brian Duvall, the t-shirt guy. The t-shirt guy. I have to say, he comes through. Look at that one. Oh, nice. Zoom in a little bit more. Oh. Nice. Look at that. So this is this is also BFD Melrosian Sam Hammer who makes dreams come true. So this shirt design was on the easel or whatever you call it uh, for a long, long time. And I just like a, a week ago said to Stephanie, like, that thing has got to come into reality. It's fully designed. And then there it is, Dugan it all night long. <laughs> That's why you said you that were in we, wardrobe earlier. I think I think we need to sell those and, and raise money for something. Yeah, That's how does one get their thing. hands on that t-shirt? Oh, well, actually, should we put a store together? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. LTMM merch. There are excellent. There are yeah. um, two other uh, rogue shirts that will be printed tomorrow. Um, oh, but cool. Brian is really wonderful to work with. Um, he did our LTMM shirts. That's he right. did the... Um, the, when we did the standout for racial equity shirts, um, he is. is he did the boogeyman charcuterie shirt. Yeah, he he is right. like he's on it. He's great. Um, nice. So uh, yes, and he could use he could use it at uh, the extra business. He's literally right down here on Russell Street. So when Russell he says Park. it's ready, uh, I just walk down. Walk there. over and get shop, it. Um, shop, shop local. <laughs> Kurt, shop Kurt, local. Yeah, exactly. There you go. But he's <laughs> fast. Oh, look, the, the sales are coming the in. The sales already. are coming in. Three already the fans, now. yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so there'll be two more shirts making their debut by the All end right. of the week. All right. By the end of the so, show. Wait, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, we haven't even hit news yet, have we? There's not a lot of time for the news, so we're going to go through this. Uh, we're going to go through this quickly. <laughs> we spent too much time talking about t-shirts and urine balls. We don't have time for the news. Somebody type this in about any more news on COVID vaccine rollout. Oh, I have want me to type it in? But uh, I know... I know that uh, Tom has got some news there. there oh, there we go. Um, there is my news. Yay, my mother-in-law, uh, Ellen Apple. She got her first vaccine shot yesterday. Congratulations to her. She's um, she's in that phase two first rollout. So she was able to get an appointment for yesterday in the Wakefield at the Converse store. There was quite a line when we got there, but it went very quickly. It was really well organized. Um, I was really impressed by the staff and the volunteers and the, everyone who was there. Um, it was completely, completely fun and festive environment and feel. Uh, and so my mother-in-law was really happy. 
and she'll go back and get her second shot in three weeks. But so good job for everyone who went there and volunteered there and helped make sure that it was a good experience for everybody. That's, that's great. And we've been hearing, so I was out, we were out in the neighborhood, you know, shoveling and clearing and stuff to, today. And um, uh, there are several folks uh, in our neighborhood, plus Bill, we heard from Bill Butler too, who volunteered. So folks in the neighborhood who are either volunteering or are in the demographic where they, they get to go get their shots. And we're hearing that those, the locations in Wakefield and at Memorial Hall, the, the boots on the ground side of this operation, um, has been very well organized and everybody has said that it, it's um that it's running very smoothly so congrats to everybody who's involved thanks to everybody who's volunteering it's really good news and after you get your shot treat yourself to a peanut butter valentine right sam i think so jen <laughs> no, well, you don't get to have the peanut butter valentine. You have to give the peanut butter valentine. That's right, Tom. Tom. <laughs> I'm trying to shoehorn in and move this show along. So it was it was, it was a it was a good good effort. But every year, this is the 10th anniversary of the peanut butter valentine's drive. It's basically a, a food drive, and it was it was called that because peanut butter is high in protein, and it's one of the shelf stable items that they really like to receive. Um, but this is basically a food drive for Servant's Heart, Servant Heart Food Pantry. Oh my gosh, today, Tuesdays are long days for me. Uh, drop off locations at Melrose High School, Roosevelt, Horace Mann, Dance Track, Melrose Dance Academy, or Tramontosi, Tramontosi Law. Um, and you can drop off through February 10th. So it's not, it's, um, you have a few more, few more days, I guess. Oh, great. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be peanut butter. You can, it's a, just a food drive, a shelf stable food drive. Shelf stable. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. What Talk else we have? Tell us about DEI advisory. This is the last hey. week. Oh, I'll take this because there are some All good right. comments coming in. So yeah. uh, this yeah. is the last week to apply to be a part of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, Anti-Racist Advisory Task Force. I said it and I can say it five more times. <laughs> um, the city is looking for you to join the task force to shape um, our agenda around diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism. So please, I'll put the email in there the last day to submit a resume, letter of intent, maybe yeah, just yeah. your name will do, um, <laughs> if you're a BFD. Uh, Friday, February 5th is the last day to submit to. Oh, that's yes. coming right up. And they're taking, six, they're taking six residents, correct? Six mm -hmm. residents to be a part of the task force? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so I'll put them it's, great. it's great work. All right, and thank, thank you in important advance. Work, important work. Yes. Nine fifteen. I think it's time to get oh to my the God. show. And let's get down to some planning talk, right? This is Hey, all right. We just tried to warm them up a little bit. Denise, Denise, <laughs> welcome to the show. You are the city planner, director, director of of planning and community development, right? As Okay, first question. Uh, so you're running the Office of Planning and Community Development, but there's a planning board, there's a historical commission, there's a historic district commission, there's a zoning board of appeals in 60 seconds or less. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> what do yes. you not do? We support all lots of different boards and commissions, like the planning board, zoning board of appeals, historic district commission. We collaborate with a lot of different groups too like the Energy Commission and um, Advice Committee and Traffic Commission, all those kinds of groups. Um, but that's just one thing that we do. Um, our, you know, our mission overall is to um, protect and enhance 
the um, quality of life in Melrose. So we do that through a number of different initiatives, um, including long-range planning, like creating master plans periodically, where we ask the community to, um, we try to drill down on the, the needs and vision and goals for the community over the, um, you know, create a blueprint for the future. And we work on zoning changes to try to um, um, create some, um, we recommend zoning changes for, you know, to create the kind of development we want to see, the kind of growth and development we want to see, where we want to see it. And we apply for grants, we implement special projects. We do a, we do a range of different things. So it's, it's so confusing for the average citizen to try and figure out how to navigate that. And so it sounds like you, you are sort of the office behind a number of commissions and you have these aspirational goals. But I think people get confused by simple things like on the community board uh, or Mike Karaji in the past wrote recently, like a new business is coming to Melrose, you know, please let it be anything but a pizza shop or a nail salon. And then it was like, oh, look, it's another Mexican restaurant, which I welcome. And, you know, I figure the market decides that. But is that the kind of thing that any of your organizations have any direct influence over? Well, I mean, that's where the zoning comes into play. The zoning does regulate the uses in different districts and different parts of town. And you wouldn't be able to open up a Mexican restaurant, for example, you know, in the Swains Pond area, because that's primarily zoned for residential. But in our business districts, we allow for, for a range of different types of um, commercial uses and residential uses or mixed use. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we can, we would allow for the restaurant use. We just can't dictate what kind of restaurant it is. I wish I had that happen. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, Tom, 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 you, you phrased the, you phrased the, the question eloquently, but the real question that we see all the time on the community pages and elsewhere is why can't I have the exact sandwich shop that I want to see in the Papagino's location? That's really the question, Denise. <laughs> exactly. And I have to say, you know, when, Business owners um, and property owners are very savvy individuals, and they're you know they're they're, they're somewhat risk averse. They're going to do their research. They're going to look into the market and figure out what is going to sell. And I think if that sandwich shop, if they if they determined that that sandwich shop would be appropriate in that location, they would open it. Mm -hmm. um, so I can only conclude that um, people really like Mexican food in all of us. So. So if I can dr drill down, drill down on the on the zoning question a, a little bit, um, is there, um, uh, you know, at, at, at the high level, there's the residential and commercial, but then th then there's like these sort of subcategories, I would imagine, right? Like, is there, are there sort of like industrial, kind of more industrial things like you have over on Tremont Street versus, I mean, you can't have, you know, you couldn't have, then this is just an, an arbitrary example. This is nothing against any of these businesses, but we couldn't have Randy's car wash on Main Street, right? I mean, there's those kinds of things too. Is that right? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's essentially correct. Yes, we have um, certain uses like manufacturing or industrial uses are in our industrial districts or extensive business districts along Tremont Street, like you said, where you see a lot of the automobile uses. Um, you might see uses though that are pre-existing and non-conforming, and they may have come around. They may have been there for 50, 60 years, or um, and today, if we try to build, it might not be an allowed use. But right. it might back to prior to when Arizona was codified. Mm -hmm. Like some of the businesses, probably lower Lebanon, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, right. Some of those auto 
centric uses that you see and right in the middle of a residential district. Exactly. Yeah. Those have been, those predate the early 70s, which is when our zoning really came into play. Yeah. So, so we could probably ask you all kinds of questions all night long. Like, well, well how about this? If we were going to have, <laughs> right. I know, my, thing, my thing is, I want Papaginos to have a second story deck with umbrellas and chairs. Would that I be know. your, would, would, would that be your department's decision? Or like, 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 where would something like that come from? Like a change of use or a change well, of structure? I can tell you, we've had that conversation with that property owner. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, wow. Somebody's um, listening to me. I like that idea. <laughs> I like that idea. We've had that conversation. Um, nice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give us the scoop. What's happening? Wow. Uh, uh, it's not going to happen right away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, she said right away. She said right away. Uh, we, are There's hope. At, we are looking at ways to help that um, restaurant with some possible outdoor seating. So that would be kind of exciting. We're working with a couple of different restaurants in town right now on that. Um, of course, outdoor seating with, with the pandemic yeah, is, yeah. Um, is, is almost essential. Yeah. Essential. So we are, we're doing everything we can to try to help um, businesses survive. So it's almost essential, but it's a dream of uh, Melrosians like Tom Shampoo uh, and that new building where Coffee, Tea and Me was. We did one of the shows here in mm -hmm. the little side space, Tom, that you had identified for kind of chess matches and tea drinking and right, yeah, maybe outdoor uh, music or something yeah a music what you a know what the permanent parklet permanent parklet yes yeah. uh, but i you know i think the pandemic <laughs> brought that up but it is <laughs> a parklet not on the street what do we call that what should we call that <laughs> a park <laughs> right but like if Tom Shampoo has a dream for uh, you know something like that, is that uh, that? And he does. And he does. But that would be I something do. like that. If it's going to be a park, like in that particular space, like the city has to sort of own and maintain and support that, right? That can't just be something you allow to happen. Doesn't somebody have to like like how would that happen? Yeah, I mean, I think in that particular instance that you're talking about is actually that's privately owned land. Yeah. Um, so we we really can't control we can yeah. make suggestions we were encouraging the building owner to denise what about eminent domain why don't we uh why don't if we, we just all, if we just all well. show up with our lawn chairs and right just drinks that has been done in the past or, or just in decades how about you raise their how about you raise their taxes unless they put a parklet then you can say we'll give you a tax break if you give a little parklet <laughs> so extortion i'm sure <laughs> okay so so but but tom what i'm also hearing denise has said you know that the city can't make them do that but but we can offer su suggestions so um we'll get yeah. tom and his megaphone out there oh, <laughs> start Oh. Start demanding. No, no, no. Start demanding uh, that there needs that there needs to be. Oh, that's really too bad. That there's a that, that there's additional seating um, next to that next to that property. So the citizens will just will just make it yeah. happen. What um what are some other what are some some initiatives and things that have happened in the last year or so, Denise? That your you and your office are really are, are really proud of. Um, so, you know, uh, we've had to pivot like everybody else with the pandemic and um, get accustomed to working virtually and um, holding remote meetings, which has been a challenge, but I, I feel like we've, we've done it pretty successfully. And, um, and in some respects, we've, you know, we've allowed for, I think it's allowed for greater participation. So that's 
kind of nice. People can watch our meetings from home and watch our recorded meetings. And, and so I think um, so I think that's been an, kind of an interesting um, result. But another project we worked over the past year on a um, what we call the wayfinding and creative placemaking project, where we really introduced for the first time, I think, um, kind of a robust public art project um, and public art into the community. And I have to say, here again, the, the pandemic was actually a good time to be doing it. I think people were looking for outlets. We had a number of different um, tools to reach the community, surveys and webinars, and we got incredible participation and really great suggestions. And we were able to, this was all grant funding, by the way, but we were able to use this, um, this grant money to, um, to uh, recruit some different art um, um, in the, within the community. Like the mural that you see on the high school, yeah. um, which is really incredible. And some of the other art in, in, in the downtown, like the switch boxes, the painted boxes, and the sculpture at Alpine. Um, it's a really great initiative. Um, I, I think the community really enjoyed that, especially during the, the pandemic. And for us, um, we don't usually get to work with the artistic community. So we work a lot with the business community, local businesses in the chamber, but um, working with local artists is a little unusual and not unique, and it was really fun. Okay, let's do more of that. What do you I say? <laughs> yes, yes, yes to more, yes to more of that. Careful, yes. you're on the record still. Yeah. Um, so you, you, mentioned, you mentioned online meetings, and we've talk, obviously talked about, a lot about online meetings here and how it's opened up access to people who couldn't normally get down to City Hall at a 7, 8 o'clock at night because they're home for dependent care, whatever. How have, In your role, how have you seen those changes um, impact the work you do, specifically um, online meetings and um, yeah, well, like I said, I think it's been, um, it has kind of um, forced us to provide uh, all of our information now is electronic. It used to be we would get stacks of papers and plans from from applicants and developers when they were proposing a project. I mean, stacks of, of papers. And we would just distribute them around. And, um, you know, who knows what happens to those? I mean, the planning board members... Like they need to build an addition to house all the materials that they have. So I'm sure a lot of that just ends up in the waste stream. But now we've got we get everything electronic and we're able to post all the materials on the website in advance of the meeting. So people can also go in and very easily sort of review all the different materials and get educated before the public hearing so they can kind of awesome. arm themselves with questions. And so I think that's been really beneficial. And I think we'll continue to do to do that. I don't think we're gonna change from that practice because that's been um it's really allowed for some great transparency that's it yeah it would, be, it would be like close it would be like opening a door and then closing it like we don't yeah. we don't need to hear from you anymore you know? <laughs> so yeah i agree there's yeah. there's been some there's been some um innovative uh innovative changes and and things that uh ways of doing business that we that we've been able to do that that i i, I agree i hope you're right i hope they they keep going. It has it has opened the door to a lot a lot of participation. It's yeah. great. And the other thing, we worked very closely with um, many different um, entities, from the chamber to the bike ped committee and and BPW in the city to um, um, access grant funding to create the parklets that you saw down the parklets downtown and a couple of other locations. And um, that was incredibly successful. And I have to say, for years we've wanted to do parklets, but 
if you just mentioned the word, people just, you know, they didn't want to hear it. It's, it's, because it's controversial taking parking away. Um, and I think the, um, the pandemic allowed us to do those kind of more experimental things. Um, well, I think we're here for that. That's yeah, it. we yeah. have we have a fewer question, Denise, and this may not be in your area, but it, it seems like your office deals with big picture, high level things, not so much down in the what kind of restaurant and all that. And you may only have an opinion on this, not purview over there. I'd be happy to understand. But we've had discussions on the show, and we've got a, a viewer asking about your thoughts on shutting down Main Street one weekend day or more a month, something like that. It's something I would advocate for. I've advocated for in the show, but. I don't know if the planning board or any of these commissions have purview over that, or if you just as a Melrosian who's deeply involved in this have any thoughts on something like that. Yeah, I've heard that quite a bit too. I've had a lot of people tell me or suggest that to me as well. And I think it's a great idea. I think when the when the city has done it in the past for like the summer schools, mm -hmm. it's incredibly successful. Um, and so I think we'd have to figure out, we'd have to make sure to engage with the business community and, and make sure they were on board. Um, and I think, I think that could be done. I think it could be very beneficial to them. Um, well, sometimes we need a push, right? Yeah. So the, the digitization with the meetings led to all those benefits that we hope are permanent. Taking some parking spaces for parklets, you know, it sort of forced the issue. So, you know, I, I'm in favor of that. I'm fully not educated on the repercussions. Like I don't see the downside of, you know, routing traffic or where people park or somebody with, you know, a special needs to access a store they need to get to or whatever. So I fully admit I don't have all the answers and I haven't thought through, but I think to push the envelope a little bit is worthwhile. And like uh, John is suggesting in the comments, this is the kind of thing it seems like you could try one day a month, you mm -hmm. know, something like that. Yes. Well, I, I can tell you there's strong interest in that. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, it. Thank it you. Get your lawn chairs, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, you know, if you follow, um, so, you know, ways, Sam and I talk about this a lot, you know, finding ways to get to yes and, um, you know, just experimenting with things. And you figure, you know, instead of saying, oh, it's not going to work because you do it and then you figure out what does or, or doesn't work. You know, don't throw up the barriers before something is tried out. Um, okay. But so if you follow, wait, I just want to say one more thing. If you follow a lot of the like creative placemaking um, uh, blogs and all this sort of stuff, um, there's there's so much information there and, and really cool um, visuals and studies that show, um, uh, you know, mock-ups of what a little main street can look like when it's full of people. And, and those, those you know, you look at it and you go, oh, look, that doesn't that look like downtown somewhere in Vienna? I mean, it's gorgeous, right? So there's the, there's the inspiration, but then those things are backed up by um, data that shows that when you have, you know, more numbers of people on the streets, fewer cars and more people, it actually does support the, the businesses. So I'd love for our business community to, to see some of that information. And if you scroll down on our page, we have some artist renderings of visions of Melrose. Oh, yes, that's right. We did some pro we did some pro bono work for the planning department for you. Oh, awesome. I'll have to check yeah. that out. Yeah, just scroll down. Yeah, right. Just a, it's a fantastic um, cut and paste uh, 
for a Photoshop job that, yep. that some expert did recently. <laughs> on, the, on, the, um, on the just say no side, is there any cap to the number of PBSs that can be contained in the, in the boundaries of Melrose? Or banks, or banks. Well, well, you have, Jen, you have banks and you have pharmacies, but like specifically brands of, yeah. of coffee shops. Like how many Dunkins, how many CVSs? I hear, you, I hear you. The banks really need to find it. Who goes to a bank anymore? But I, yeah. I don't know. Like to Except the guy to rob it. I tell you, <laughs> we must be the bank robbery, you know, per capita champion. Oh, <laughs> after after Charlestown. Charlestown, I think, still reigns, but this is North Charlestown. So there you go. So, yeah. might, you know, on second thought, that might be better known for that than the urine ball idea we were working on earlier. I think I think that you know I think we should throw out several options for people. Let the people decide, Tom. Yes, agree. <laughs> we can agree. combine mm -hmm. ideas. So, um, Denise, you're also a Melroseian. You 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 live here. Um, where should we put the beer garden? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love the idea of Franklin Street in the Highlands area. Um, I think there. I think that'd be. That's kind of like I consider it an up and coming neighborhood. Um, we did some recent zoning work there, and um, we also had that recent Mass Works project, which was the road improvement and the um, sort of the nice streetscape. Um, and we're starting to see some some of the properties there turn over, and some proposals for some really exciting mixed-use type developments. So I think we could squeeze the beer garden into one of those. Perfect. So. And it's, also a, and it's also a train stop, right? If I'm not mistaken. So I could get on the train at Wyoming and get off right there at Highland and be right there ready to go. That's the right. Yeah. If, the, if the MBTA, we got to make sure the MBTA doesn't do this, those cuts and then we're all set. You can take the train back home from. All the way back home to Wyoming. We have a uniquely walkable and trainable city. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Beautiful. Start with the library on the way there. Uh, be before we go, though, people want to know what the heck is incentive zoning and where can they learn more about it? Wow, I love that people are asking. <laughs> yeah, tons of people are asking that. <laughs> people my way. Um, so incentive zoning is, is we, zoning. <laughs> we want incentive zoning. We want it now. We want incentive zoning. When do we want it? Now. I'm not, now. I'm not a good. I'm not a good ranter. Sorry, I'll work on that. Good. Well, we're going to try to, you know, make that happen. So we are actually working on an incentive zoning proposal right now, and that's a tool where you you might allow some um, additional uh, density in your zoning in exchange for community benefits like sustainability, sustainability measures, or um, you know, um, additional affordable housing. We actually have incentive zoning in our ordinance right now. It's it, around affordable housing where developers are required to contribute a unit of affordable housing, and then they get an extra unit to kind of compensate for the, the cost to contribute the affordable unit. So that's that's another, that is also incentive zoning. So that, that means they want to um, override some re existing regulation and you're, yeah. doing, you're doing a little negotiation around that. That's right. the incentive yeah. zoning. For example, the zoning might only allow for um, three stories, but we might allow in a certain area a fourth story if the developer provides community benefits. And we if that fourth story is a beer garden. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they get a free pass if that's. 
That's a great question. I'm glad those people are asking those questions, Tom. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm glad they are. some smart people in Melrose. <laughs> Please, don't you have an upcoming uh, meeting or presentation? Is that on something like that? Or, or that, did I misunderstand? So, yeah, yeah, we have actually, the zoning subcommittee um, has been working on an incentive zoning proposal. We have a draft. We're going to be presenting that to the council um, sometime in the near future, um, probably within the next month. So stay tuned. Okay, and that goes to the city council when you say the council? Yeah, so, so zoning has to be um, approved by city council. Yeah. Okay. So I want to say it's a complex matrix of things you're responsible for. There's a lot of moving parts. Thank you for doing what you do. I mm -hmm. also would just offer out to people, uh, it's, a, it's a friendly office to contact. If you, you know, People get all irate on the message boards when meanwhile they can call down and kind of get the actual answer from yeah. you on any any particular development in town or anything anytime i've reached out to the department it's been super helpful and informative so uh, just to say i think that's a little bit different than reaching to your city councilor or you know like a traffic commissioner who's got a day job or whatever like having an office of the uh, of planning i find is, is a very helpful resource i just wanted to mention that to people so it's a lot we can't cover it all on the show we hope you'll uh, agree to come back, back and see yeah. us there's a lot to discuss it's fun <laughs> we, we, we do like to talk one, one of our favorite topics on the show is to talk about the the development of downtown and what's you know it's a very it's it's our it's our public spaces right it's a, it's a very it, it's it's one of the things that that touches people um most and and people have questions about what's going on right. over there what's happening at Papagino's, etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's really yeah. something that we enjoy talking about here and as you know we don't always know what we're talking about so it's yeah. great to have you <laughs> It's a very dynamic part of the city, and it yeah. should be, and and it also needs to have a lot of moving parts that are working for everybody who's using that space. And so glad that you guys are doing the work. Thank you. So how how many years are we going to be into the new Mexican restaurant? We're going to say, hey Tom, which Mexican you're going for Mexican food? Which one are you going to? Oh, the Papagino's one. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Papagino's Mexican. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll, no, I will say, oh, the roof deck one. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, the roof deck next. All right. Take, take a left at the at the groundhog, and you're going right <laughs> Don't get him started. Oh my gosh! Yeah. All right. With that, I think we have to uh, we have to sign off. And Denise, we hope you will dance out the show with us. And uh, like as we like to say at the end, to all the viewers worldwide. We'll see you around town. See you around town. <laughs> <laughs>